great day planned for you guys this morning. We are so glad that you're here. I, have you ever heard before that the church is not a building? that we are the church. Thank goodness for that today. We are so glad to have family church joining with us because thankfully their church is not a building. And while they're trying to get into their new building, they thought, you know what, they're gonna hang out with us here for a couple of weeks. So we are so glad that they're here with us. And if you're visiting with us today and uh, you're like, you know what, I've never been here before, I don't know what's going on here, we would love to connect with you. And the best way to do that is to go to mybethel.cc connect. And there we have a connection card. And if you fill that out for us, we would love to get in contact with you this week and see how we can better serve you. And so before we get started with Pastor Ray, I'd love to introduce you to Pastor Woody and Pastor Reuben, and they're going to come out and get us started this morning. Well, good morning, Bethel. How is everyone? Good, good. And good morning, Family Church. How are you guys doing? Woo, woo. Hey, so... As you guys uh, know, as, as Christy mentioned, this is Pastor Woody. He's a good friend of ours, uh, and uh, mine and Pastor Ray's. It's been good to uh, kind of just get to know you uh, the last year that we've been here, and I love your heart, love uh, what God is uh, doing through Family Church. Um, and it's really cool because we have the opportunity to live out what we believe, right? Yeah. And so um, tell us a little bit about Family Church and, and how, how you came to Well, Family Church is a church plant that we started in 2017 right here in Yukon, but it was called Passion Church. And I was on staff at a church there, and they wanted to send us to Yukon to plant a church, and that started in 2017. But we've been in an event center since then. So every morning, every Sunday morning, a team shows up at 7 a.m., they set it all up, we have church, and then we tear it all down. But God provided us last year our own building, and we're excited for that, and God's been yeah, doing great Yeah, we can give it up things. for that. Yeah, give it up for that. And uh, so it's very, very nice. We're excited that we don't have to set up and tear down. Uh, as a matter of fact, as we were preparing for today, Pastor Ray said, hey, would he be prepared? There's two services. And I said, yeah, I'm prepared to set it up, have a service, and tear it down. So we'll do that in about the same amount of time, two services. But we're just so gracious, and I can't say enough about your pastors. Uh, I met them in a coffee shop because that's my home office when you don't have a building. And I met them there and fell in love with them and God aligned our hearts together. And I can't say enough about how great they are to welcome us here and them say, how many people are coming? And I'd say, I don't know. <laughs> Yet they still welcomed us. And we're so excited to be here. And we are excited for what God's doing here because we do believe as a church that it's the capital C church, right? As your pastor says that every small C church is just a Sunday school group for the big church, right? That's what he said to me over and over, and that's how we feel as well. And so we're so excited to be with you, and thank you for welcoming us to your home. And we're in the middle of a series right now um, called Alignment. And so this is an opportunity for us to demonstrate that, uh, that, that Paul says in the first part of Philippians, we're going through the book of Philippians, that he says that I want you to know and discern the things that really matter. Um, and so we want to focus our attention on Jesus this morning. We want to focus our attention on the King who deserves our worship and deserves our, play, our praise. Um, and so with that being said, let's get started with alignment week number two. Thank you. 
Anything on? All right, here we go. Good to see you guys. You guys doing all right? Welcome. My name is Ray. I'm a pastor here at Bethel Community Church. Welcome Family Church as well. Uh, those that are watching online, uh, what a blessing it is. You're actually streaming on both Facebook pages, and we tried YouTube, but man, this morning has been a morning, hasn't it, Pastor Woody? Um, just to kind of give you guys behind the scenes, you never know what's going to happen when you come. I get here super early because there's always gremlins in the machines and stuff, so i got to shoo them away before we have church. And today, there was a gremlin that just would not let the computer come on. So this was plan B, and it all worked out. Thank goodness we're started, and uh, it's really good to have you guys here. Every time God's going to do something big, the enemy just hates it, and he's going to put some stumbling blocks in the way. But today, we're not going to let it distract us. We're actually going to dig into God's Word. We're going to see what he has for us. And the, the main question today is why? Why? And, and it's kind of like, I don't know if you've ever asked yourself this question, but have you asked yourself the question, why? Or um, why did this happen? Not necessarily why me, we all ask that, but it's more like, why did this happen? Like, couldn't I get a break? Couldn't I catch a break? Why is this going on? And so a lot of us never really consider why something is happening in a certain situation. Most of us maybe crawl up in a ball and kind of wait for it to go away, kind of rock back and forth, or most of us just kind of say, okay, I, I, wish that, I hope this does not happen again. Most of us avoid situations so that we don't get into those situations again, but there are always things that happen, and sometimes we can't explain why. Um, it's kind of like if you're going around your life and you're riding your bike and you're like, oh, I think I can do this without hands, this will be great, and then you fall, you can say, oh, why? Well, it's because of what you did, right? Like this video. It's real pretty down there. So my family went on a little trip, bike trip. See if you can guess who this is. <laughs> you had to be in a high gear for that one. My chain. And I couldn't keep my balance. Did it really? Ah. <laughs> Brian, I couldn't keep my balance on that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Crossing. You know why? Because I was doing this, you know? And I think we came into 20, 2021, all of us came into 2020 like, yeah, I got this, and then boom, we've already fallen, right? It's like a straight continuation of 2020. You know, we've, we can agree that 2020 was kind of a, a, a year that kind of took us all by surprise. And we thought, January 1, 2021, it's going to be different. And yet, here we go. We're just continuing. It's all messed up. It seems like just one thing after another, we're flexing our muscles, and then, bam, we got knocked off. It wasn't our fault, really, that caused what's going on or caused the disruption, but our response actually matters. Uh, Family Church has had a... Man, they've had a year as well. Uh, I've been talking with Pastor Woody along the way, just kind of going through the situation of the construction and the permits and all that stuff. And if you've ever worked through construction and tried to get permits for things, it's a nightmare. Well, not only are you working with one city, you're working with two cities and trying to get it all worked out, and, and it's amazing. And so as we were talking this, um, this last week, it's truly been a ride. It really has. And Pastor Woody's like, the 10th is our first service in the building. Look at us. You know, it's like, it's kind of bad. And it's not his fault, and it's not anybody's fault, but it's just the way that it goes. And so we can ask ourselves, so who messed up? Whose mistake is this? What, who, what do we need to learn from this? 
Or we can say, okay, God, how are you going to be glorified in this? What, what is going to happen? What, what are you doing that we don't see? And actually, texting back and forth and the friendship that's been developed over the last couple of years, it's amazing that we can just have a phone conversation on a Friday night and say, let's make it happen. And it did. And you guys showed up, and I'm, I'm, super, I'm super happy. I'm super surprised. I'm not super surprised. I'm super happy. Look at that. Slipped out, you know. Um, we can ask ourselves, why can't I catch a break? Or we can ask ourselves, God, please be glorified. What good can come out of this situation? And what can you do? How can you use our lives to be glorified? We're in a series here at Bethel. This is our second week called Alignment. And we're in the book of Philippians. We're going through Philippians as, as our text and kind of teaching us through how, how we have to align our lives with what God is doing. And so if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to open them up to Philippians chapter 1. If you have a smartphone, you can actually go into to the Bible event. If you've never done that, you open up your, your Bible app, the YouVersion Bible app, and there's a little tab called More. If you go to More, there's actually something called Events. And if you click on that, Bethel has a live event there. You can follow along. It's got scripture. It's got some extra little stuff that are kind of some freebies that are in there. And so if you want to follow along, go there. But in our series called Alignment, we're working through this book and we're learning how Paul is encouraging us to align our lives with Jesus Christ, to align our lives with him. And so as we're approaching 2021, as we're just now getting started, we kind of need to approach it as a therapy session or as a chiropractor would, where things have to be aligned in order for us to be healthy. Now alignment, everything we do is aligned. If you got dressed this morning, you aligned your buttons. Uh, if you wore buttons, you, if you have a zipper, if your zipper has a tooth that's out, you're not going to get your zipper pa uh, pants zipped up. Um, some of you blew your zipper back in December and you're trying to like get it worked up this January. We have to get into a alignment, right? We're trying to work ourselves into alignment, and if we don't align ourselves, like our vehicles, we'll wear out the other parts, because the, a vehicle that's out of alignment is a vehicle that will wear its other parts out, and a lot of us are out of alignment spiritually, a lot of us are out of alignment mentally, a lot of us are out of alignment emotionally, and what's happening is we're wearing out the other parts and so what we want to do is we want to align ourselves with Christ. We want to align ourselves with what Scripture teaches us. And if we get into alignment, 2021 can be a different year. So as we continue this morning, thinking about all that's happened, we actually this week have had the peak high of coronavirus cases in our country. We've also had incredible disaster in our political realm. We've all realized that politics don't save. And we realize that we cannot put our trust in certain things. But what we can know is no matter what hurt you went through this week, no matter how flawed it was, is that God is still working out his plan through us. God is still at work in us to fulfill what he has promised and what he has started. And so today, as we go into scripture, we'll actually see that God is using this, that God has this, and we may not see it yet, but God, even this situation that we're in with Family Church and Bethel Community Church and also our community here, even the situation we're in, God is using us to work out his purpose, to show his love through us to a world that looks at us in the church as a bunch of crazies. They don't think we can get along, but guess what? Today, we're showing that God's love is greater than anything. God's love can bring us together. He will not leave us. He will not forsake us. Jesus is our prize. Jesus is our Savior. He's the only constant, and Jesus is King. He has never left the throne. Now, as we jump into the text, I need you to know some things about Philippians. Paul wrote this letter from prison. It's his most affectionate and personal letter to the church. 
the church at Philippi. The church at Philippi wasn't just any church. It was actually the first church started in Europe. And so this church was the very first one on Paul's mission to evangelize or to start the church in Europe. And so this was the first church. And he was writing to align the church because there were, just like with people getting together, there's some division, there's some problems. And he was trying to get them to align. But he did it out of this love and affection. He was addressing some division among the leaders. And he was trying to get them in a line, but he was in prison at Rome. And this is important to know because a lot of this text is about suffering. A lot of this text is a, us asking ourselves, why? Why did this happen? And so let's go to Philippians chapter 1, and we're going to pick it up there in verse 12. Verse 12 of Philippians chapter 1, it says, And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything... And so if you have your notes there, just kind of circle that everything. Because it's not just some things, but everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. Paul is about to tell us what has been happening to him, but he said everything that happens, whether you think it's crazy, whether you think it's bad, whether you think it's wrong or unjust, everything happens so that the good news can be spread. Paul clearly understood the sovereignty of God. And if you don't know what the sovereignty of God is, actually the supreme authority, the supreme power of God. In every situation, he understands exactly what's happening, how it's happening, and why it's happening. Not only that, but he's in control of those very things. And so he understood the sovereignty of God. And like me and myself, I don't always practice the sovereignty of God in my own life. I say that I believe that God's in control with my mouth, but then I live like God's really not in control, and I try to manipulate circumstances, manipulate situations. I get stressed out when things don't exactly work out like I want them to. This is called man-centered living. And Paul is telling us that we need God-centered living. And so no matter what the circumstances are, I can either say, poor is me or woe is me, or say, okay, what is God doing? And let me, let me align myself with him. And so I'm not just saying that we as the church should just sit there and open our hands and go, um, and just wait for God to do something. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we actually need to be about doing the work of God, and then he will intervene with the supernatural when we need him to intervene. He knows that we're going to depend on him, so we need to be about the natural. There's a lot of things that happen in technology. I think that God could care less about that. So we need to be about the natural. Man, I was really hoping that we'd just lay hands on that computer, and it would just work, and it just didn't happen. So I could either be ticked off about it and throw my hands up, or we could just be about the natural and let God show up in the hearts of people the very thing we cannot do. So we're going to let God show up in the super. We'll show up in the natural. Here's what happened to Paul. He was falsely imprisoned. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was sent to Rome. He was under house arrest, and then he was thrown into the Mamertine prison. If you just do a quick search on Google for the Mamertine prison, it was a terrible place because it was dark. It was wet. It was underground. It was more like a dungeon. And this is where they threw Paul. Paul was optimistic about the future. Actually, in his letter, he said, I hope to be released. I hope to get out. But he fully expected to be condemned for hating humanity. This was the charge. This was the crime of the day that Nero put on Christians, put on believers, was hating humanity. And the consequence was death. So the consequence of being guilty by Nero was actually horrific. It wasn't just execution. It was actually like, I'm going to throw you to the lions and the tigers, or I'm going to burn you alive to light my garden. Terrible things that Nero did to believers because they hated humanity. Think about this. Do you see everything as God's plan in your life? Do you see everything as an opportunity to share the good news? I'm excited about partnering with churches here in Yukon. I've, I've been for the community since God allowed me to come to Yukon five years ago. 
And it's an opportunity for us to lock arms together and say, you know what, God is greater than us. God is greater than we are. And we're all just a bunch of Sunday school classes in the church. And we get to come together and actually for something good in the community. I'm super excited about that. Everything happens for a reason. Verse 13, for everyone. And so he's using these absolutes, this everything. And then he said, for everyone. So circle that one if you have your Bibles there. Everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I'm in chains because of Christ. Not because I'm a bad person, not because of who knows what all. He says, actually, everyone knows this because of the chain, being in chains of Christ. And he says, and because of my imprisonment, most of the believers have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. Paul knew that his suffering was tied to one thing, and one thing alone, which was following Jesus. Paul knew that he was being punished for actually making Jesus king of his life, and he was good with it. Now, I think about my own life and, and understand if I would actually embrace, if I was going to be thrown in prison or if I was going to be persecuted or I was going to be tortured because I claimed Jesus as my king, would I continue to have Jesus as my king? And I think a lot of us here in America, unfortunately, have Jesus as this therapeutic thing in our pocket where it's a keychain. We carry him around. When we need him, we pull him out. And when we don't, we put him back in our pocket. But that's not being Jesus as king. That's not aligning ourselves with Christ. Actually, Jesus is everything. And if I knew that I was going to suffer because of Jesus, would I still follow him, claim him as my Savior and King? Paul says, my assignment right now is prison, and I'm good with it. I'm not sure what your assignment is right now from God. It could be prison. It could be suffering. It could be a valley or a dark time. But I wonder how many times we suffer just a little bit because of our allegiance to Jesus and then we get ticked off about it and blame God. God, I thought that if I was going to follow you, everything would just be awesome. Now, who could raise their hand and say, everything since I've followed Jesus has been amazing? Now, existentially, our souls, yeah, peace. But actually, in the practical daily living, it's, it's, a hard, it's hard. It's hard. We lose jobs. We get divorced. We, our kids run off. We, we have temptations and sin, and we do all sorts of evil against God, and yet we have a little bit of suffering, and I'm not talking about social media suffering, right? I'm not talking about being canceled on Twitter. I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about true, actually, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my family. I'm going to lose my friends. And they're going to disown me because I follow Jesus, that kind of suffering. And many of us have not experienced that. But there's people all over the world that it costs them everything to follow Jesus. Most of our suffering really is not suffering. Can I say that? Anybody ever been on a mission trip out of the country? If you've never been, if you get a chance, go. Because you see people that don't have everything we have, and yet they're happier than we are, could ever be. Because they have one thing, and their hope is in Jesus. The Church International can teach us a thing or two about what it means to suffer and still be aligned with Jesus. Being in prison for aligning your life with Jesus would be <laughs> astonishing. And yet it happens every day. Everyone around Paul knew that he was here because of his allegiance to Jesus, and the door for explaining why Paul's hope was in him, opened. And he saw it as an assignment that I'm suffering in order to open the door for Jesus to be king of even the Roman soldier's life that's guarding me. Even the palace guard that is guarding me. Everything in his life. Verse 14, man, I, I, I had to pause. Because it says that most believers gained confidence and boldly spoke God's message. 
It wasn't their opinion. It wasn't their message. It wasn't their thoughts. It wasn't like they got online and began to share their personal thoughts. They actually boldly spoke about Jesus and the message that God had given him, that he came to this earth, that he died on the cross, that he actually um, was God, and he lived a perfect, sinless life, that he willingly went to the cross in my place. He died, was buried, and then on the third day rose again in his own power. And then because of that, he wants to take the spiritually disconnected and connect them to God. They were willing to share that. That was the good news that Jesus died for me. And I don't deserve any of it. You know, your value and your worth was settled on the cross. And if you're pursuing value and worth and it's outside of the cross of Jesus, you're going to be pursuing your whole life. But your value and worth was settled on the cross of Jesus Christ. So instead of looking for someone or something to blame, maybe we take advantage of this assignment that we're in right now because this assignment will pass. Verse 15. It's true that some are preaching out of jealousy or rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know I have been appointed. There's this assignment. I've been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives if they preach as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely intending to make my chains more painful to me. You understand what it was talking here is that unfortunately there were some people on the outside that didn't care that Paul was in prison. They actually thought to themselves, ooh, he must have done something really wrong, and God, God is giving him the consequence of his actions. And so they would preach a gospel that was not the good news of Jesus. They would preach a gospel that was counterfeit. That if you follow Jesus, everything's going to be perfect. That's not what Scripture says. It says, take up your cross and follow me. It says that if you don't, if you don't actually act like you hate everyone around you compared to your love for me, you can't be my disciples. I mean, he said a lot of hard things that we don't want to accept. And they were preaching a gospel that was not the gospel of Jesus. And Paul's defense of the good news was, not, it was about not recanting his words for Jesus. I will stay here if it means that I will suffer because I will never deny Jesus. His assignment was to defend the good news, not verbally, but his example of being in prison. I read this last week and it really hit home. It says this quote is, we so pamper ourselves, we avoid persecution by being silent and tell ourselves that we're being prudent. God help us to act like soldiers, not wimps. Whoa. That doesn't mean we get up on yell on Facebook or go stand on the corner and yell, you guys are all going to hell. And God, That's not what he's talking about. It's actually about standing firm and for what I believe and using every situation to bring someone one step closer to a realization that Jesus is king. Verse 18. After all the dissent from other believers, he said that doesn't matter. What their motives are false, whether their motives are false or genuine, the message about Christ is being preached either way. So I rejoice, and I will continue to rejoice. Can I share one of my struggles as a pastor? Christians are, can be, crazy people. Christians can be weirdos. You guys are all like, "Mm -hmm." let's be honest. Christians are some of the craziest, weirdest people on the planet. Jesus redeems a lot of weirdos and a lot of loudmouth people. We must really need them. I know it's not godly or holy to think about other Christians that way, but sometimes I see it that I really don't like a lot of Christians. 
because most Christians are about pointing fingers instead of raising our hands and surrender to God. One of my struggles is being embarrassed by other Christians. And Paul says, it doesn't matter the motive of people, the gospel is being presented. The good news of Jesus is being presented. And so looking at people that are just a little different than I am, a little crazier than I am, a little weirder than I am, and you guys are like, you're the weirdo. Okay, that's true. But we can see the confidence that Paul has in the sovereignty of God, and we should look at it in our own lives. No matter what situations we get into, no matter where God takes us, he has us there on assignment, not to hide, but to actually allow people to take one step closer. So he could only respond on, he could only control how he responded to the suffering, not the suffering himself. He could only respond how he would, he could only control how he'd respond about crazy Christians. And in our situation, it's the same thing. Suffering actually gives us an opportunity to surrender. Suffering gives us an opportunity to submit to God's sovereignty. It gives us an opportunity to speak about God's goodness. It gives us an opportunity to silence critics in our lives. It gives us an opportunity to actually show character in our own lives. It gives us a chance to test the depth of our belief. And it gives us a, a, a platform to share the gospel. So our response in suffering reveals our dependence on Christ. Our response in suffering actually reveals the depth of our faith. And our response in suffering reveals our understanding of our assignment. The issue of rejoicing is weird. It's actually a, it's a condition of control. Worry, fear, anger, resentment, these out-of-control responses that most of, us have, most of us have experienced actually can be turned into joy, and that's actually showing that God's in control. God has me here, and he's got it. Remember that a few verses before it says, God who began the good work in you will complete it. So that little faith that he gave you, he's going to see it through all the way to the end, and it has to do with rejoicing. Verse 19. For I know that as you pray for me and the Spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. So there's two things here that we need in order to have deliverance, which is other people and the Spirit. So we need other people's help and the Spirit's help. Here at Bethel, we say all the time, it's not about us. It's all about Jesus. It's not about us. It's all about others. And we want to love and lead one another to find and follow Jesus. And so we need to maybe change the why question to help. Don't ask why. Say help from other people and from the Spirit. And if we would reach out and say help instead of why, we could align ourselves with, ourselves with the mission of God, which is to use every assignment as a way to share his story. Because our story is actually connected to his story. Our goal in life is to live in alignment with His. And the ultimate deliverance is not a state of physical freedom. It's actually a spiritual and eternal freedom that Jesus has promised all those who would trust in Him. So our story is a story of alignment, of allegiance. Where is my allegiance? Where do I put my focus? How do I respond to suffering? How do I respond to my assignment? Have you ever decided to follow Jesus? Is Christ enough for you? Is he your reward? Have you given your life to him? Because if you have, you can align yourself. Instead of asking why, ask for help. Let's pray. God, this morning, we praise you and thank you for Jesus. 
It's because of him that we're alive. It's because of him that we have hope. God, it's because of him that we can come together, a bunch of different people with a bunch of different backgrounds and a bunch of different experiences, and worship you because it's all about you. It's not about us. And so this morning, God, as we see Paul's example of alignment, his example of actually his assignment that you gave him, we see the example that he trusted you. God, I pray that this morning we would decide to follow Jesus. My prayer is that this morning we would align our lives with you. And and God, I don't want to miss the moment that maybe someone today feels the Spirit moving, feels the Spirit drawing, and today's the day where they step into a relationship with you, where they align their lives with you. And so, God, take over control right now of the, the rest of the service, of our worship, of our, of our thoughts, and how we're going to respond to the suffering that we experience. Because the truth is, our suffering is momentary. Our suffering is nothing compared to what you did on the cross. And our eternal connection to you, our spiritual connection to you, is worth anything we can go through. God, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for our churches that have been able to gather today. Now, God, you be glorified and align our hearts with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What an awesome service. What an awesome message. Um, what awesome worship that we, we have a king who is above every other king. We worship a king who reigns and rules over all things. And I think uh, the word that stuck out to me this morning, uh, Pastor Ray, as you were speaking, was assignment. When we understand that we've been put on assignment, and he's not talking about an assignment as just a pastor here in Yukon. He's not talking about just an assignment uh, of you as a pastor and and me as a pastor, but assignment as a follower of Jesus, that we can endure a lot of things when we understand why we're enduring those things. And if it truly is about Jesus, if that truly is the assignment, then we can go through a lot. And, and we can go through a lot together, yeah. right? And so we can be in alignment, understanding that we're on assignment, that it's bigger than just Bethel. It's bigger than just family church. Uh, but we've been put on assignment here by God. Yeah, and what I love and I've always encouraged everybody is a lot of the times we think that it's the pastor's job to do the ministry. And my church has heard me say this a lot, but aren't you thankful that there's Christian teachers? Because I am. Aren't you thankful that there's Christian doctors? Aren't you thankful that there's Christian secretaries? Aren't you thankful that there's Christian, you name it, people that work at Walmart, people that work at 7-Eleven, it doesn't matter. I'm thankful that God has assigned them there. And this is what it is. When we all understand the power that we have, you'll reach people I can't. And I'll reach people you can't. It's the beauty of doing it together, and that's why I love today, and I'm telling you, Pastor Ray, it's not going to be the last one. My building's (laughs) going to be completely open, and we could have church there, but I want to have church with you, because we are the church, and I think our assignment is realizing we collectively can do more than one individual, and that's the power of assignment. What is your assignment, and what is my assignment? We have to do it together. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. Um, and that's what aligns us, understanding that we have, ultimately, we really have the same assignment. And it's not an assignment that we've come up with, that we've uh, manipulated and made to make our life uh, good or whatever. It's an assignment given to us from the King of all kings, from the Lord of all lords, 
who is in charge of changing people's lives, and we have the opportunity and the privilege to partner with him. And so, uh, man, if you if you made a spiritual decision this morning, if you have uh, taken a step in your spiritual journey, we want to know about that. And we want to celebrate with you. And so, if you're from Family Church, man, look Woody up uh, and and connect with him and his uh, his staff that uh, God has placed there. If you uh, if you attend regularly here at Bethel and you're a part of the Bethel family, uh, please come see myself or Pastor Ray or. Chris or, or my wife or any of our staff uh, that would love to connect with you and celebrate with you and walk with you along this journey in the assignment that God has placed you on. And, and never forget that here at Bethel, we exist to love and lead one another to find and follow Jesus. Thank you guys. You have an awesome week. We love you all.